in this service you have shouted enough to make up for it now I don't mind you shouting but I just want you to know that what I'm going to tell you tonight may not may not bring the additional running of the aisles as we have had every night. Is that all right? Praise God. I'm going to go to the other side of the spectrum. I'm going to the other side of the spectrum. Because my God, though he is the same in power, and the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a God of the greatest variety of things and opportunities for we human beings that you'll ever find. No two services are alike. No two preachers preach alike. No two singers sing alike. And so tonight, I'm uh, on this Thursday night, after you know me and I know you, I'm going to read a text of scripture out of John, the first chapter, and the 10th, 11th, and 12th verses. I do not think that you, you need a lot of this that I'm going to say, especially for right now, but I am one that believes strongly in preventive maintenance. Preventive maintenance. And uh, I will go to any length to see that something is taken care of before it happens. In the World Evangelism Center, one of the most expensive pieces of equipment that is there is the central heating and air conditioning. When it was installed 10 years ago, it was the only one of its kind in the whole state of Missouri because it not only had to cool offices and heat offices, but it had to cool and heat the publishing area where if you don't have enough moisture in the air, the paper creates static electricity. And so that system had to put water into the back part of the building and keep it out of the front part of the building. And there were no windows that could be opened and we paid carrier a company an expensive amount of money each month for preventive maintenance so that it would not break down they would come by ever so often to check it I believe in preventive maintenance he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received him, 
to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Can you say amen? amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you tonight and we pray and we ask your direction and we want your will. Oh God, we want your will. We just ask that your will will be done. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Bless now in this service. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to start this message off in a little unusual manner because I would like to tell you about another service that I was in at one time when a message of tongues and interpretation came forth. I do believe in the gifts. I firmly believe in the beautiful nine gifts of the Spirit. I also believe in the beautiful fruits of the Spirit. In this message of tongues and interpretation, which I am hesitant to mention in another service because the setting is different, I don't like to talk about supernatural things uh, after the fact, but since there is the climate here of supernatural, you will understand. In this service there went forth a message and everyone knew that it was the gift of tongues. And that meant that someone was going to interpret it with the gift of interpretation. And I have never been the same. It has stirred me over and over and over. And though I do not give it to you verbatim, I do tell you the essence of this message. It went something like this, the interpretation. I came into the room where you were, and I stood nearby for a long while. I waited for you to recognize my nearness and turn in my direction. I waited for a long while. You were so busy doing what you were doing that you didn't even know that I was near. I wanted you to turn because I wanted to tell you that I love you but you didn't. Finally, I went away. You were never aware of my presence. You were never aware of my presence. And that last clause forms 
the basis for my message. You were never aware of my presence. Everybody say amen. amen. In the verses of scripture that I've read to you out of John the first chapter, there are three categories of people and what they did with Jesus. There was the world and the scripture says the world knew him not. The second group was his own and the scripture says his own received him not. The third group was quite general but yet specifically personal. As many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he power. There was the world, there was his own, and there was that final group, as many as received him, to them gave he power. Of course, I could spend a lot of time in each one of these categories. I don't have to do that because when I mention the world, you know that that world out there doesn't know him. It includes the sinner, the heathen, all of the unregenerated, but it also includes the modern day church world. That's a class that you probably wouldn't fit into the world because it's called a church. But when you know that there are ministers that stand behind pulpits and say that Jesus was not born of a virgin, you immediately categorize them in the world because they don't know him. When you hear a minister, as I have heard, say that all the stories about his birth, the manger, the shepherds, the wise men, no room in the inn, are all just prefabricated myths that the early church made up to give their leader an illustrious entrance into the world. You're going to say with me, that's the world. If they're called a church, they don't know him. They don't know him. You'd be surprised as to the steepled, beautiful, carpeted, padded pews, robe choir, ministers standing behind pulpits today preaching to people that do not know the Lord, have never known him, and if they don't make a change, they will never know him. I believe in the virgin birth. I believe he was born in Bethlehem. I believe they found him in a manger. I believe wise men came from the east. Amen, amen. But the world, the scripture says, knew him not. Knew him not. I could spend a lot of time there. But the second category is his own his own and this is the tragic part 
And you and I both know that initially this refers to the Jew. We know that. I want you to know that I know that. But we too are his own. Today, we're spiritual Jews. Hallelujah. How many times have we sang, I'm one of his own. I'm one of his own. I'm so glad he found me. I belong to Jesus. Jesus is all that I need. We're one of his own. Amen. But the scripture said of the first group, and it could be said of the second group, his own received him not. His own received him not. Now I know about the first group. They missed his first coming. But I'm in the last group. I don't want to miss his second coming. They, they didn't know about his first coming. They weren't ready for it. They're still looking for him. But I know that he's already come and gone. And that the angel said this same Jesus that you see going away is going to come again in like manner. I'm one of his own today. And I want to be ready for that second coming. Praise God. Praise God. Only a small, small group knew about his first coming. When those wise men came and knocked on Herod's door there in Jerusalem and said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? You're going to read a scripture right along in there that says, Herod and all Jerusalem was troubled. Herod and all Jerusalem was troubled. They called in the scribes and the learned men. And they brought them in before these guests from the far east. And Herod said, where is he that is born, that is supposed to be king of the Jews? Without doing any research, without unrolling a single scroll, without going back to their synagogues, it rolled off of the end of their tongues in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophets. They knew it in their heads. They knew it in their minds. They had a head knowledge of it. But the sad part about it was that he was already born, laying there in a manger in Bethlehem. And all they could say was that it was supposed to be, but they didn't know, were not sensitive enough to know that he was already born and out there in Bethlehem. Angels announced his birth to shepherds. Simeon and Anna waited for the coming of the Messiah and was ready for him when he came. Let me ask you the question of that first group that may be so applicable to us today. Why did God bypass the religious leaders and announce his arrival to foreigners and to shepherds? I'll tell you why. They were too backslidden. They were too dull spiritually. And they were too preoccupied with their own interests. Amen. Amen. Now folks, he is coming again. We've heard it over and over this week. The nearness of his coming is upon us. 
but our ears are filled sometimes with so much noise and so much strife and so much carnality that we are not sensitive enough to the approaching footprints and the approaching footsteps of the second coming of the Lord. Are we too backslidden, too dull spiritually, or too preoccupied with our own interests? Amen. Amen. Let me just kind of deviate for a moment here tonight. I don't know what you're waiting on. You're waiting on something. You're waiting on something in this service. I want to tell you what. We get a lot of preconceived ideas about how the Lord is going to come into a meeting. We get a lot of mental fixations about if the Lord doesn't do it this way, he's a million miles from here. But the message of tongues and interpretation said, I came where you were and I stood nearby you for a long while. I waited for you to turn so that I could tell you that I love you. But you were too busy doing what you were doing until you were never aware of my presence. I'm not doing leapfrogs down this center aisle tonight. But I'm telling you what, I'm almost afraid to turn and look because it's very possible that while I have stepped to this pulpit, Jesus tiptoed up softly by my side and is waiting for me to turn and recognize him. And he may have come in and sat down by the side of you even though there wasn't an extra seat. He's sitting right by the side of you waiting for you to become conscious of his nearness so he can whisper to you that he loves you. But you're too preoccupied waiting for something else to happen that hasn't happened yet. That's the reason why they missed him the first time. Let's go back. A child was born. They fled with him to Egypt. He spent his boyhood days in Nazareth learning a trade. He became a carpenter. And then for a while he was an itinerant preacher, teacher. And then finally he died quite harmlessly on a cross. Now those people, his own, they couldn't seem to fit this mild-mannered Christ into the scheme. It's not easy to equate swaddling clothes with deity. They expected an earthquake and a tempest and a fire. And all they got was a still, small voice. It was not easy for them to reconcile the God of the Old Testament with the God of the New Testament. For they had God pictured in their minds in distant and oriental splendor that had to be dodged under clouds of incense while he spread the smoke of sacrifice over their sins. That's how they seemed to imagine God would come and be. And they, they couldn't fit Jesus into their set of adjectives. For they called God Jehovah Jireh. They called him Jehovah Ophi. They called him Jehovah Nisai. 
They expected the pomp and the pageantry befitting a king. They expected to see signs that they had never seen before. He was so near that they could have reached out and touched him. And yet they were totally unaware of his first coming. song you sang last night because the glory of the Lord fell in that song last night. But God didn't want to move again tonight like he did last night. Amen. Oh, do the same thing you did last week because oh, I felt so powerful when you did it. But God is not hemmed in. Just like it was when Jesus went back to his own hometown, the city of Nazareth, and he stood there among those people, and he spoke as they had never heard him speak. And they began to nudge one another, and they began to question one another, and they said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? They said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And horror of horrors, you read this statement right after that. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Oh, you know what they did? They tried to whittle him down to man size. They stuffed him into a human mold. They gave him a natural explanation. And they took away his deity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. Oh God. I want you to move any way you want to move. Don't let me be hemmed in by mental fixations. Dear God, and I've never done that before, stop to pray in the middle of a message, but I, I am concerned tonight about my own self. I rejoice to see the outward manifestations. I long to hear the gifts of the Spirit and the beauty of their operation. But oh, if he chooses tonight to just tiptoe into this service and put his arm around a sinner and put his arm around a bereaved individual and put his arm around that burdened person that came so heavy with burden until they felt if they didn't get relief in this service, they could never go back to church again. Amen. And now we, we that don't have those kind of burdens, we have rejoiced and we have sung and we have worshipped. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight that there may be someone in this crowd tonight that's waiting just for the still small voice. 
and you and I can whittle him down and stuff him in a mold and say God's not in that service tonight. He's not here like he was last night. He's not here like he was this afternoon. Oh yes, you and I have a way of doing away with the power of God. That's incredible. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Amen, amen, amen. Solomon said, and you hear it, will you? I sleep, but my heart waketh. Yeah, some of your bodies are sound asleep tonight. But within you, there's a heart that never sleeps. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. But she said, I've put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? No, I'm too lazy. Don't want to get up. Already got ready for bed. My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door. And my inner being was moved for him. I finally threw aside all of my restraints. I rose up to open to my beloved. And my hands dropped with myrrh. And my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved. But my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. I'm a very observing person. I like to get into the service before the crowd all gets there and I like to get on the platform and, and watch. <clears throat> it's amazing to me sometimes why people even get up enough effort to get out to church. When I watch them enter in, there's no sign of respect, no awe of the presence of God. Oh no. I've walked through the service after it was over and I've picked up the gum wrappers and the mint wrappers and I want you to know I've got quite a collection of notes that I've gotten out of the songbook racks. Amen. And it's no wonder we didn't have a move of God. It's no wonder we didn't have what we needed in that service. Let me tell you something. My heart is stirred tonight. I spoke one Wednesday night, or taught one Wednesday night to our crowd in, in Nashville. 
and I, I, I'm not preaching this here though I believe it but I have to tell you what I taught on to tell you what note I found I was teaching on 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter and you know what that is I especially stressed but if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven and I said the word shorn is the past participle of the verb shear which means to cut or clip Hallelujah. Praise God. The next service night, I found a little note stuck in the back of the, 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 the pew in the songbook rack. It had to be written by a seven or eight year old girl because it was that big block print. You know how they write when they first are starting to school and getting started. And she said, as she wrote to her little friend and then left the note behind. She said, Mother has to cut the dead ends on the back of my hair where she rolls it. If she don't, it will break off. Yeah. And you know what I knew immediately? Yeah. That that little girl had gone home from that Wednesday night Bible study. And she said, Mama, what about Brother Beckton's message? You cut my hair well, honey, I have to do that. Just don't worry about what Brother Beckton says. And so she so instilled it in that little child's mind until she was passing the news around to all of her little friends. And what that mother didn't know, that in that Wednesday night meeting and after that service that night, she instilled in a little girl a spirit of rebellion that would question anything or everything that I would ever preach. Amen. Amen. Oh God. I've got a, a Sunday school quarterly in my note collection. It has the name of the person on it. And she wrote one Sunday morning in a space that was left in between the lessons there, blank space. She wrote and said, I am so bored. Yeah. Well, I was, I was really hurt. How could anybody ever get bored while I was preaching? But she passed it on down the line. And one of her friends answered her and wrote out something for her to do. Now this is while church was going on. I'm talking about his own received him not. She said, well, if you're so bored, why don't you go out and crash a party or vandalize a home? Or why don't you start on dope for some kicks? Amen. My God. All of that while we was trying to attract the attention of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. All of that while we was waiting for that spectacular move of his presence. This, just this year, my usher handed to me, my head usher handed to me uh, a, a statistic. And I, I was profoundly amazed we start our Sunday evening service at 6 o'clock and uh, 
and this is the statistics that he gave to me between 6 and 6.30 there was 24 people that got up and moved out of the service and came back in between 6.30 and 7 there was 20 people that moved around in the building between 7 and 7.30 there was 36 people that moved around between 7.30 and 8 there was 10 people that moved in and out of the building do you know what I wasn't aware of this I guess I was so lost in the spirit between 8 and 8.30 there was 97 movements in the service making a total of 187 people children and adults that walked in and out that's just counting the time that they walked out and I was trying my best to attract God's attention to that service I told you the other night I don't ever want it be, to be said in my church that I, I can't sit on the back seat there's too much moving in and out to get anything out of God's presence when we come into a building like this every one of you whoever you are whatever age you are you should be so attentive to the presence of God because you have not come to write notes nor to converse with one another Amen. To, to get up and walk out unless it's an absolute emergency or to take a crying baby out. Amen. For we are in the presence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. This is not just another auditorium. This is not just another civic meeting. This is not a political rally. Amen. Amen. But some of you are like the first group of his own. You are sitting there waiting for lightning to strike you or a bolt to jar you. Amen. And you're expecting the spectacular while all the time he's standing right by the side of you. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Ooh, hallelujah. 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 Elahando mo ivarasande hela ha kolobo siata la varianda ha ilamohando siata ha she orovovo hisia baha eleo anakandi avasato robo sotoro riata ha 
for you have waited so long for an answer to come to the need in your life but your impatience has caused me to stand afar off because in your waiting you were talking so much about what I wasn't doing until you could not hear me approach to do what I wanted to do. And so this night I call your attention to the need that you have come to this place for. And I will answer only, only if you will cast aside the impatience of your soul and let me move in the way that I, the Lord God, would move. For it is not up to you to tell me how to move. For I, the Lord God, will move in the way that I want to move. And when it is finished, no mouth shall utter a word against it. Because it will be done in the way, the only way, that I, the Lord God Almighty, can move and satisfy the work that needs to be done in your life. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The shortest verse in the Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Jesus wept and we all know that that took place at the tomb of Lazarus. But that was not his greatest weeping. That wasn't his greatest weeping. No, his greatest weeping was over a city. When he said, if thou hadst known, if thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another why why because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation One of the disciples said to him, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Jesus said in saddened tones, have I been so long time with you and you have not known me? I wonder tonight if he could say to us, I've been here since seven o'clock. It's already 
nearly two hours and you have not yet recognized my presence have I been so long time with you two hours almost and there you set minds going in every direction oh for the time when we could be with all one mind and one accord somebody said I want another day of Pentecost I do too but I also want a time when people will be with one mind and one accord and when we get there suddenly there will come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and fill all the house you'd be surprised as to what we ministers have to preach over you'd be surprised as to the amount of things that are going on and that's the reason why I told you about all of that note writing you may not write a single note but your mind will be planting gardens building houses making dresses cutting out patterns building buying automobiles all the time the great God that made this world is walking up and down the aisles in and out of here Amen. ready to open blind eyes unstop deaf ears ready to lift your burden ready to give you joy ready to feel with the Holy Ghost somebody back there on the seat Amen. ready to fill this place with a sudden rush of a roaring mighty wind oh yeah but none of us are where we need to be because we are waiting for a white horse steed to come prancing down that middle aisle. A king with a crown on his head and a purple robe. Amen. And because he's not doing it like we think he ought to do it. is over and be like Jacob of old going to our cars going over to the canteen and say after the fact surely God was in that place and I knew it not there's nobody likes noise any greater than I like it the shouting, and I told you last night, 
that I've even gotten down and rolled, holy rolling. Amen. I like all of that. But I have not allowed my mind to be so set and programmed that if I'm not doing that, or if there is not any such thing going on, that God is not there. I believe in life. And I believe in services that are filled with the Spirit. And I believe we've got to have it. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you that one of the most powerful prayers that was ever prayed, recorded in the Scripture. There wasn't any sound made. She spake in her heart and her lips moved but her voice was not heard and from that prayer a baby called Samuel was born not a taint not a black mark against him as he strode through the pages of the Old Testament telling kings that God had removed his anointing going over here to anoint another king all because a woman came in and couldn't utter a sound but prayed and prayed I'm not against noisy praying I like prayer that's filled with force but what I'm trying to do is to go to the other end of the spectrum tonight and tell you to tell you not to so program your thinking that if God is not doing what you think he ought to do that you're going to leave and say he's not within a million miles of there I tell you I've been in Pentecost for 40 years just this month amen 40 years I would have had the baptism of the Holy Ghost there's not any thing about Pentecost that surprises me. Amen. And I've been in every kind of service and I want to continue to be in every kind of service. But I too want to be so pliable that if God wants to move and shut my mouth for a second Amen. Until he can do the glory work that I will not feel that he has lifted his presence or anointing from off of my shoulders. coming through to you tonight. Amen. I like those times, those spectacular times when God comes to a man like Job and says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And Job, after hearing all of that soliloquy, he says, behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. So great was God's words to him until he said, I can't even talk. Yeah. I like those times when, when the fisherman comes in with a great draught of fishes after he had fished all night and hadn't caught anything. And he tries to fend the glory that he saw. And he says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. 
I like those spectacular times when John, with the waves beating against the rocks on Patmos, saw and wrote in portrait. It was the only way he could write. Seven candlesticks, one likened unto the Son of Man, hair white like wool, voice as the sound of many waters, face shining as the noonday sun in its strength. John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. And he laid his hand upon me and said, fear not, John. I am he that liveth and was uh, dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. I like those spectacular times of the time he just comes quietly to the door and knocks. And all he asks is for the simple grace of hospitality. And you know what? It's so unspeakably easy. So unspeakably easy. All we have to do is open the door. Open the door. Open the door. And he said, I will come in. I will come in. I will come in. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, help my unbelief. Oh God. But as many as received him. But as many as received him. To them gave he power. To them gave he power. One day Jesus sent his disciples, and I'm, I'm concluding. He sent his messengers to a village of Samaria to make ready for him. And the disciples, the messengers came back and said, Lord, they don't want you. They don't want you. And the disciples were so, so vexed and angry until they said, let's call fire down from heaven and consume them. It would have been good for that city if they'd had a little fire called down from heaven. Because to this day, they don't know what they missed. To this day, because Jesus rebuked those disciples, no fire fell down from heaven. And the next verse says, and they went to another village. And that little village of Samaria will not know until judgment what all could have been done in their midst. I don't want it to be said of this Thursday night meeting that we won't know until judgment what all could have been done. What all could have happened. What all could have taken place. But he said, I came into the room where you were. And I stood nearby for a long while waiting, waiting for you to turn and to recognize my presence. But you never did turn, though I waited a long while. I wanted to tell you that I loved you, but you didn't. And finally I went away. You were never aware of my presence. Amen. What am I tonight? to make his presence dependent upon. What am I tonight to decide whether or not there's enough power here to do what needs to be done? Oh, thank God for the dancing in the spirit. 
and the running of the aisles. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. But am I to decide right now that because you're sitting quietly before me, that Lord, I'm going to close my Bible, just give up, you aren't here. No, a thousand times no. There settles down upon this audience tonight all the power that's in heaven and in earth. And that means that from the front to the back, that if you have something that you need, all you have to do is open your door. Ah. My God. My God. My God. That's it. That's it. Oh, oh, ah, have I been so long time with you and you have not known me? Oh, the scripture tells us to feel after him. To feel after him. Hallelujah. <laughs> to feel after him. If happily we might find him. I'm reaching for you, Lord. I'm reaching for you, Lord. I'm feeling after you now, Lord. To say I don't feel anything his power is not dependent upon your feelings friend no his power is dependent upon what thus saith the word amen and there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that is impossible with him tonight that's all right all right feel after him ooh I love her oh God oh God oh God the most versatile crowds that I've ever preached to. 
because you are proving right now, right now, that you are open-minded and that you have not hemmed God in to a preset idea. For I have not even made the first invitation. I've only said, open your door and here you come and here you come because you are realizing that the great God of the universe has deigned to walk up and down these aisles this night and though you felt him mightily in the beginning of the service you are not to gauge his might by your mere human feelings because he's mightier than you and when this old body goes back to the dust and it has no more feeling he's still going to be doing his mighty works when the last breath is breathed and you are no longer uh, feeling the puncture of needles and uh, the, the, the pulsing of your heartbeat and you have no feeling whatever and your mind has ceased to think my God is going on doing great and mighty things oh God oh God oh God oh God I came into the room where you were. I wanted to tell you that I loved you. Oh God, tell me that you love me tonight. Tell me that you love me tonight. I'm gonna turn in your direction. I'm gonna look at you. Amen. That's all right now. Turn loose and let him talk to you. That's it. Amen. Just open up any way you want to. Amen. Open up any way you want to. Anyway you want to. The child. Listen to it. He was there. Can you imagine him being there all the time, waiting in line? Waiting patiently in line. He was there. 